Howdy, Hootah Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootah Thunkin' podcast. As always, Zeb coming to you. Episode 96, titled Lobster Boy. First, I want to do the recommendation segment. This week, I recommend a video game, Deep Rock Galactic. PlayStation has a few games that are free to download each month if you pay for PlayStation Plus, which I do every year and have since like 2017. I think it's like, I know it's under $100 and you pay that once a year annually. So not that expensive in order to play video games with your friends, which I definitely get my money's worth out of it. Deep Rock Galactic is a cooperative first-person shooter video game developed by Danish studio Ghost Ship Games and published by Coffee Stain Publishing. Both cool names for companies, Ghost Ship Games and Coffee Stain Publishing. I think that's interesting. The story is about the interplanetary mining corporation, Deep Rock Galactic, specializing, or they specialize in securing the most dangerous dig sites in the galaxy. When they need a team for the toughest missions, they call on the dwarves, mercenary miners legendary for their ability to survive underground and infamous for their brutality in combat. You play as a dwarf that works for Deep Rock Galactic Company. When you go on missions, you are dropped into a planet and tasked with extracting valuable minerals uh, from the core. While underground, you are surrounded by darkness and constantly attacked by the local insect wildlife. The game uses lighting in one of the most unique ways I've ever seen. And when you aren't on missions, you and your teammates can goof around back at HQ. Um, You can order all different kinds of beer, dance, kick barrels, or even play an impromptu soccer game type thing. It's fun. You goof around. That's really fun. You can play by yourself or with others, as each party can host up to four players. Each player has to pick which class of player for from either engineer, scout, gunner, or the driller, uh, which is my favorite. And apparently the class you pick as your favorite reveals something about your personality. And I guess if your driller is your favorite like me, you're kind of nuts. I don't know. If you have PlayStation Plus, I strongly suggest you download the game now while it is still free throughout the month of January 2022, which we're on the 26th of January, so not many days left. If you don't have PlayStation Plus, then I still recommend you buy the game. Um, It's worth the money for sure. And start mining and rock and stone. Uh, That's what they say. (laughs) That's what they say in the game. It's a stupid catchphrase. They say it so often. That the first couple of times I was like, this is kind of annoying. All they say is rock and stone. And then by the first end of the first time playing it, I was like, this is hilarious. All they say is rock and stone. <laughs> and my fiance is just like, this is so annoying. They just keep saying it. But it, it, it's a great catchphrase. Rock and stone. <laughs> Voice acting is really funny. Now for the main event. This week's episode is of a strange and dark story. It is a true story that will, will elicit intrigue and horror. This is about Lobster Boy, the boy with lobster claws. Oh, uh, maybe we can have lobster claws. What the fuck are lobster claws? So, this um, Lobster Boy episode is about a guy named Grady Styles Jr., a real dude. He was born in June 26th of 1937. Um, he would grow up to become an American freak show performer and an eventual murderer. Uh, his deformity was the genetic condition ectrodactyly. Uh, we're going to go with that's this pronunciation there, ectrodactyly, in which the fingers and toes are fused together to form claw-like extremities. Because of this, Styles performed under the stage name Lobster Boy. 
Throughout his life, Lobster Boy married twice and had a total of four children, of which were born with two of which were born with ectrodactyly themselves. So Lobster Boy had lobster children. The deformity is passed uh, genetically, and Grady's family had suffered from it for generations. According to J- Grady Styles Sr., the deformity and the prevalence of it in their family dated back to 1840. Grady Sr. capitalized on his disability by running a circus or carny sideshow known as the Lobster Family, and they were an attraction in a traveling carnival. After Grady Jr. was born, he was folded into his father's sideshow act as the at the age of seven. That's pretty young. Later in life, when Grady Jr. became the head of the Lobster Family, he reportedly made around fifty to eighty, sometimes even a hundred thousand dollars each season. So that was his salary, and he didn't have to work all year. Um, during the winter months, they did not. You know, you don't do a carnival. So things weren't too bad for the lobster family, at least not financially. When winter rolled around each year, the family would return to their home in Gibsonton, Florida, where many other carnival performers lived during the winter season, apparently, which I find interesting. Carney people all go to the same place. Also, if carney is a derogatory term, sorry, I'm still going to keep using it. Um, I think freaks and freak show that I'm not going to do that. That's not nice. Um, they the just. Dis- Reports said he was in a freak show. I think calling someone a freak is not okay. But Carney, yeah, that's that's a life that you've chose to be in a carnival. And I think Carney is a great descriptive word for somebody. Grady Styles Jr.'s case of electrodactyly was pretty severe. In addition to his hands, he also experienced electro ectrodactyly in his feet and therefore could not walk. For most of his life, he primarily used a wheelchair, but he most commonly used his hands and arms for locomotion. He developed substantial upper body strength that which was, you know, pretty handy for most day-to-day tasks, but when combined with his bad temper and the alcoholism that he developed later in life, Lobster Boy's incredible strength uh, just made him more dangerous to others. So, yeah, that's kind of terrifying. Limited to his deformities, limited by his deformities, Styles grew up confined within the carnival world. His childhood wasn't the most glamorous or normal living uh, the life of a carny kid, but as a young man, he fell in love with another carnival worker named Maria Teresa a young woman who had run away uh, to join the circus as a teenager. Mary didn't have a carnival-worthy deformity or trick or something of that nature. She just wanted to run away. She was, by most accounts, what people would call a normal person living a normal life until she ran away at the age of 19 to be amongst the carnies whom she felt more comfortable with. Luckily for her, carnivals always need staff to keep things running, so they welcomed her with extra. They welcomed her and the extra labor uh, she was willing to offer. Time passed, and she noticed the boy confined to a small cubicle in the corner of the carnival who just sat there waving at paying customers all day. She remembers Grady being kind as can be when they first met, but once he consumed some alcohol, of which he eventually developed a nasty addiction to, he became angry and violent. Domestic abuse became a norm at the Lobster family household of Carney's. Lobster Boy would use his extra strong pincers to violently pinch and tear at the flesh of his victims um, or the people that he was abusing during one domestic abuse altercation where Grady was assaulting his wife uh, when his pregnant daughter Kathy intervened by putting Grady's wheelchair in between him and his wife Grady got so really mad at this and took out his frustrations on his daughter and beat her viciously enough to induce labor his daughter his old eldest daughter gave birth to a premature baby who had the same deformity 
as his own grandfather. Another night, Grady's violent uh, tendencies took things even too far um, for Mary to tolerate. In a drunken rage, Grady tackled Mary to the floor, pinned her down, and with his claws, removed an intrauterine device that Mary used to prevent pregnancy. Horrified by this event, Mary promptly left Grady. So pretty messed up in the lobster family household here. Um, pretty dark stuff going on. And it's terrifying to look at the pictures. And I, yeah, it's bad. The, the abuse is bad. Cleveland, sit down. I want to sing a little song that uh, kept me going when I had troubles. We were at the beach. Everybody had matching towels. Somebody went under a dock, and there they saw a rock. But it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster. Rock lobster. Rock lobster. Sorry, I know, not the most, maybe not the most appropriate to play Family Guy rock lobster scenes and other tidbits like the Revenge of the Nerds reference, but all the lobster references, I couldn't help myself. Also, just trying to keep things light because it's kind of a messed up story. <laughs> so bear with me in my dark, twisted humor. And the brutality that Grady Styles doled out upon his family didn't stop there. With domestic abuse, it went even farther. When Styles' teenage daughter Donna fell in love with a young man that he did not approve, um, if he took Matt did not approve of, he took matters into his own claws. Donna was somewhere between the age of fifteen and seventeen. Sources differ, at, but at the time she was, you know, still a teenager, and her fiance was only eighteen. Lobster boy, uh, Grady Styles must have been really against this union because in nineteen seventy eight. <clears throat> In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he murdered his daughter's fiance in cold blood on the eve of the wedding. He was convicted of third-degree murder. At his trial, he admitted um, his act with no remorse whatsoever, but pointed out that he didn't—he couldn't possibly be in prison because no jail could properly accommodate his disability. He was subsequently let off with 15 years of probation and allowed to return home in like a form of house arrest. This sounds absolute bonkers to me. How is a murderer who admitted the crime going to be allowed to go practically unpunished just because they didn't have a prison to house him in? Uh, was this guy able to lobster pins his way out of handcuffs or something? I mean, I don't know. How is that? That doesn't sound like a legal. What legal precedence is there if someone has a deformity, you just can't lock them up or you just can't imprison them? Also, reports say he, quote, shot and killed his oldest daughter's fiance on the eve of their wedding. When I first read that, I thought, how did Lobster Boy grip the gun? I would like to know the logistics of that. I want to see a diagram. I want to see pictures. I want to see a, a video reenactment. Did he have to use both hands? You know, the guy only has a total of four fingers and four toes. There's two on each hand and then two on each foot. So how did he grip the gun? Was it a pistol or a rifle? But then I looked into it a little bit further, and one source, uh, historyofyesterday.com, said, Quote, he used a shotgun to kill him. How? How does someone with four fingers, like lobster hands, uh, hold and fire a shotgun? It makes no sense. I, <laughs> I, 
reading into this guy's story was weird. I'll admit, looking into Lobster Boy, I realized there weren't many details on his life story. Even the crimes, it's usually pretty well documented. Uh, and this is to be expected about someone who lived, you know, hundreds of years ago. I've researched people back in like the 1500s, even farther back, but um, I've done things in ancient Greece. And there are not many details. You only get a few sources and that's what you got. But Lobster Boy lived in the 20th century, the 1900s. I couldn't help feel like some of these sources were just full of malarkey. Like some of this was all just bullshit. Then again, uh, these are carny people. They keep to themselves like gypsies. Not that I have any real knowledge about people who work for traveling carnivals, circuses, or gypsies um, outside of movies and TV shows. So I'm no expert, but I know that they live a different life. They, li they have their own communities. They stick to themselves. So I don't know. Maybe that contributed to why there's such this is such a bizarre story. Someone murdered the lobster boy murdered his teenage daughter's fiance, went to court and said, yeah, I did it. I don't feel bad about it at all. But you can't put me in prison because what prison are you going to put me in? I have lobster hands. And they went, he has a point there. Let's send him home. Just keep an eye on him for 15 years. What? <laughs> that sounds like bullshit. How's that real? But that's what all the sources say. <laughs> I don't know. This is such a bizarre story. And it, and the murder happened in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I live. That's <laughs> just so weird. And they're from Florida, of course. Anyway, after this, after this murder of his teenage daughter's fiance, Styles stopped drinking thereafter. And during this period, he remarried his first wife, Mary Teresa, in 1989. Why? No freaking idea. He married the woman whom he ripped her uh, uh, birth control out of her in a violent rage and beat her on. It was a normal, normal thing to beat her. They got remarried in 1989, I guess because he stopped drinking, and when he wasn't drinking, he was nice, but still. Anyway, that's a whole other basket. We won't get into that. However, he soon began drinking again, and his family claimed that he became even more abusive. So now he's worse. And now we're getting into the 90s here. In 1992, Teresa, together with her son from a previous marriage, Harry Glenn Newman Jr., hired a 17-year-old uh, sideshow performer named Chris Wyatt to kill Styles for 300 bucks. So, okay, she remarries. He starts drinking again. She goes, ah, he's awful. We got to do something about it. Goes to her son. It's not Lobster Boy's son, some other guy's kid. And goes, we need to do something. And then he marries Chris Wyatt, a sideshow performer in the circus, for $300 to kill, kill Gary or, or Grady. According to Grady Styles the third Lobster Boy's son, his mother, Teresa, and father were arguing uh, and Teresa had said, something needs to be done, quote. And Teresa's son overheard this, went to a neighbor, and repeated those words. Shortly after, this happened as Stiles smoked a cigarette while watching television on the sofa. The neighbor entered his home with a semi-automatic pistol and shot him in the head twice, killing him. So um, Grady's Lobster Boy's son, Grady Stiles III, says his mother really shouldn't be you know, pinned for this murder, she said something's got to be done about it. And and the neighbor boy heard it or his her son heard it, told the neighbor and the neighbor. They took their thing, the hands. They took matters into their own hands. That's what he says. His mom shouldn't be fingered, you know, pointed to for this. Apparently, no one involved in Lobster Boy's murder denied their role in the act, though. During the trial, his wife spoke at length of his abusive history, saying my husband was going to kill my family. She told the court, 
I believe that from the bo- I believe that from the bottom of my heart. And Wyatt was convicted of a second degree murder and sentenced to 23 year, 27 years in prison. Harry Newman was given life in prison for his role as the mastermind, and Teresa was given 43 years in prison for conspiracy to commit murder. What? <laughs> Lobster Boy kills his teenage daughter's fiance. Coldblood admits it. 15 years probation. Lobster Boy, guy everybody hated, gets murdered. And then a collective like 100 years of prison time is given out to the three people involved. <laughs> what? Wyatt, the guy who pulled the trigger, 27 years. Lobster Boy's, I guess you would say, stepson, Harry Newman, given life in prison for the role. And then his wife was given 43 years in prison for conspiracy to commit murder. What? <laughs> Styles was hated so much by the local community that only 10 people showed up to the funeral and not a single person volunteered to be the pallbearer to carry his coffin. This story is, is so bizarre. It's I, I don't know. It's carnival people. But that's all I got for you today. That's, <laughs> that's all I got. I just read this. I read this story. I looked up a couple different sources. I watched a couple of videos. They all said relatively the same thing. There's a couple of differences, like his teenage daughter was 15 or 17. But they all say the same thing. And I do have pictures of Lobster Boy and his family. And yeah, their deformity is quite, quite odd. But, you know, it's just their hands and feet. It's not like their faces or anything are different. It's just, you know, carnival. And, it, and it's, I don't know. What, what made Gary, Grady Styles so violent? Was it just the alcohol? People do say alcohol creates abusive tendencies. What, but or was it the fact that at the age of seven was put in a in a in a little glass box and just waved at people as they stared at him and treated him as something different? I don't know. Maybe a combination of the both of both. But what a weird story. The story of tragic story of Lobster Boy. Tragic. I say as childhood was tragic but as an adult you can make your own decisions and and choosing to murder people and abuse people yeah i don't have much sympathy for you there anyway that's lobster boy <laughs> thanks for listening to episode 96 of the who to podcast tune in next week um hope to keep this going but starting in february i start a new job position new schedule i'll be working instead of second shift four tens i'm gonna be working 8 a.m to 4 30 monday through friday like the rest of the world I'm joining Daylight Crew. I'm going to I'm going to feel like a normal person maybe. We'll see. So that might change up the schedule. Instead of Wednesdays, I might have this I might have this podcast come out on Sundays. I think that might be fun. Anyway, thanks for listening and tune in next week. It will be coming out Wednesday next week. Catch you later, Hooter Thunkers. Caught dismissed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. Mm-hmm.